You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow a side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews. So let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is Nikayla here and you're listening to episode 44 of Side Hustle Pro. This episode actually kicks off our theme for the month, which is how to make a living doing what you love. So all month, you will hear from women who specifically started a business by doing something they already loved and turned it into a viable and profitable business. Today on the show, we have makeup artist extraordinaire, Tiana Robinson. So funny story. Tiana is actually my wedding makeup artist, and I first came across her on, you know it, Instagram. I was looking for someone to do my makeup for my Side Hustle Pro photo shoot, and I loved her work and the pictures she had on her Instagram page. So I reached out to her and booked an appointment. Now, when I went to her studio to get my makeup done, first of all, it was fabulous, but of course, we also got to chatting about entrepreneurship and side hustle. And I was just so captivated by her story, I knew right then that I had to have her in the guest chair. So let me tell you a little bit more about Tiana by reading her bio. Tiana is a Washington, D.C.-based makeup artist, brand ambassador, and international beauty educator. After graduating from the University of New Mexico with bachelor's degrees in political science and psychology, and following a short-lived but successful stint in the legal sector, she entered the beauty industry by serving as a client service manager for Arjuni, a U.S. and Cambodia-based ethnically sourced virgin hair extension company. She eventually worked her way up to being director of marketing and sales with them. Then in 2013, after being asked by a friend to do makeup for an event, Tiana decided to finally pursue her first love, makeup artistry. Tiana's makeup has been seen ripping the runway of New York Fashion Week on television shows on VH1, Good Morning Washington, and on Beautiful Brown Brides in the D.C. area and abroad. She also serves as a social media ambassador for Black Opal and Nagzima and has scaled her business to multiple six figures in revenue. Most recently, she was named the 2017 Best Makeup Artist in D.C. by Washington City Paper. When she's not painting D.C.'s most beautiful faces, Tiana trains and mentors makeup artists from all over the world through her signature six-week business branding and social media coaching program. On this episode, Tiana breaks down how she transitioned from working for a hair care line to being a full-time makeup artist, why making an investment in a coach and mentor transformed her business, how she sets herself apart and stands out in an oversaturated market, the different revenue streams in her business, and her top tips for side hustlers who are just getting started. Before we get the tea from Tiana, though, I want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by FreshBooks. So you guys know in 2017, one of my goals has been to get very serious and very focused on separating my business and personal finances. One of the ways I did that was officially setting up Side Hustle Pro as an LLC and opening up my business bank account. Now, I have turned to FreshBooks to streamline my invoice and payment process. Since now that I have a business bank account, I want to make sure I have funds actually going in there. (laughs) FreshBooks has very easy to use cloud accounting software, which is perfect for us busy side hustlers and entrepreneurs who need to simplify our lives, but still keep our finances and paperwork in order. FreshBooks has also recently upgraded its platform to make it even more efficient for entrepreneurs. So the all-new FreshBooks is not only easy to use, it's also packed full of powerful features. So now you can create and send branded invoices in no time. You can set yourself up to get paid with just a couple of clicks. And you can see when someone has seen your invoice, so you can do that also clutch follow-up. FreshBooks has a special offer for my Side Hustle Pro listeners. You can get a free, unrestricted 30-day trial of FreshBooks. Just go to freshbooks.com slash Side Hustle Pro and enter Side Hustle Pro in the How Did You Hear About Us section. All right, so now let's talk to Tiana. Welcome to the show, Tiana. So... 
As you know, this month we're talking about how to make a living doing what you love. And I thought it would be so fitting to have you in the guest chair. So thanks for being here. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me, Nikayla. I'm so excited. And I have to say, I'm doing a little twerk after that uh, intro. (laughs) (laughs) That intro music gets me every time. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, girl. I know I can't, I just can't change it. I still love it. Um, But I really wanted to have you here because you've done something that many others aspire to do, which is transform a passion for beauty and makeup artistry into a viable business. And we want to know all about how you did it. All right. So are you ready to share? Let's talk. Let's get into the tea. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, let's start from the top or should I say from the back? Just like tell us about your background. And did you always know you wanted to work in beauty growing up? I did. So I always knew that I wanted to do something that pertained to makeup. Um, When I think back, some of my earliest memories are of being at my grandmother's house who helped to raise me um, when I was growing up and playing in her blush. She had this brick red or fire engine red blush from Avon. um, And she didn't wear anything (laughs) else but that daggone blush. And I was like, sneak and play in it. So those were some of my earliest memories. Makeup has always been with me, but, um, you know, growing up, I never believed that being a makeup artist per se was available to me. I I didn't know any makeup artists that were successful. So I knew I wanted to be in the beauty industry somehow, some way, but I'm so happy (laughs) that makeup artistry, uh, found its way back to me. And we are happy too. So you went to college and you took a more traditional route. You majored in political science and pre-law. What was your original career goal? I, okay. So a little bit of backstory. I, when I originally went to college, I wanted to actually uh, be a cosmetic chemist because again, I wanted to be in the beauty industry. And my thought was, well, why don't I just make makeup? Cause I loved it so much. And, um, I have to say like, I was by middle school, I was wearing a full face, <laughs> like foundation, <laughs> liner, like the whole thing. And my mom was like, ah! but, um, so I, I originally, um, yeah, I was a chemistry major, but I was on a full ride scholarship. So I ran track at the time. And when you're an athlete at a D1 school, like they get their money's worth. So managing my school, my workload um, as a chemistry major, plus being a full-time athlete, we had two a day, we were having practice like six o'clock in the morning and then coming back after it was just too much. So that's when I transitioned to pre-law because I was like, well, if I'm not going to be a chemist, being a lawyer sounds kind of sexy. <laughs> so literally that's why I chose pre-law and, uh, but it was a lot of fun because I got to take political science classes and I don't know if you can tell, but your girl loves to talk. So um, <laughs> it was fun, like debating in class and, um, I, I double majored in psychology. So I just love like the mind of criminals. <laughs> I'm that girl that watches ID channel all day long. So uh, it, it was a perfect educational path for me at that time. So, yeah. And so were you planning to go into being a lawyer? That's the story that I told myself. <laughs> I, <laughs> I told myself I wanted to be a lawyer. And honestly, it was, I just wanted to do something that um, would make my parents proud. Quite frankly, I, you know, my mom had me when she was very, very young And my parents sacrificed so much as I grew up. And even to this day, like everything that I do, I just strive to make my parents proud. So I told myself I wanted to be a lawyer. But, you know, as graduation got closer and closer, I was like, oh, I don't want to be a lawyer. (laughs) So um, I eventually it got to a point where I had to have a conversation with my mom. Like, you know, I I don't I don't want to go to law school. I had gotten a couple jobs in the legal sector. So one thing that you'll learn about me is I'm a hustler. So I am like, I've always had like a thousand things going on at once. And so um, while I was in school, I was also working like 20 to 30 hours per week was crazy. So I had a job at a law firm and then uh, ended up getting a job at a federal court. So I had experience on the criminal side and also the uh, civil side. And I'm just like, this is not my ministry. So you know, I, I decided not to go to law school, but didn't really know how I was going to get back into the beauty industry. So 
graduated and was just kind of floating out there trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do with my life because chemistry didn't go through and the law thing didn't go through. And I just, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yes. I love the fact that you said, you know, that just was not my ministry. And it from wasn't. It wasn't. I know. And it's so important that we all know that. And you know, you just know in your gut when you're like, this is not it. And that was one of the things that really interested me. So the first time, you know, I was in your beauty chair and you started talking about what we'll get into next. I was like, what? You did, huh? What? <laughs> How'd you get there? So you know what I'm talking about. Tell us about your experience in Cambodia and how yes. you <laughs> landed there. <laughs> so that came about uh, in that, that gap where I was trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do with myself. And so I remember that I had this woman in my network who um, had just launched a hair extensions brand. And, you know, I'm a glamour girl, so I was all into the hair, all into that kind of stuff. And so just on a whim, um, I reached out to her and via email, I sent her this beat beautiful cover letter telling her how I'd be the most amazing asset to her team. And, you know, just asking if there was anything that I could do to support her after her launch, because it was a pretty successful launch. And she responded back. No, you know, I was in Albuquerque at the time. I went to the university of New Mexico and she was based in Denver. She's like, I really just need someone here in my Denver office. Thank you so much for your interest, but no, now's not the right time. And I forgot about it. And I, at the time I was working at federal court, and a couple months later, just out of the blue, she emailed me. And literally the only thing the email said was, what can I get, what can I do to get you to Denver? And I was like, oh my God, like literally this was a Friday and uh, Friday morning. Cause I had checked my emails first thing in the morning before I, I uh, you know, started getting ready for work. And I, I responded back and I was like, just match my salary and I'm, I'm there. And by the end of that day, I had quit my job. <laughs> my stuff into my little Honda Civic. I hitched a little U-Haul to the back of it. And that weekend I drove to Denver. I had no plan, literally didn't have anywhere to live. I was like, I'll just, I'll just sleep on your couch until I figure it out. But I, I just wanted to do something in beauty. And I knew that at least work, working with a hair extensions brand would get me a little bit closer to the beauty industry. So um, moved to Denver literally on a whim. And I worked um, in her Denver office, man just managing the studio, um, filling orders, literally whatever she needed me to do because she was traveling back and forth uh, between Denver and Cambodia. And she did that for a couple months. We had gotten featured in Essence and it just, it went crazy. So um, she came back to the office one day and was like, we need to move everything to Cambodia. Like if we're going to scale, we need to move. I can't keep doing this. And she was like, are, are, are you coming? And I was like, yes. <laughs> so I remember leaving the office that day and calling my mom like mom I don't know what just happened but I, I, I'm going to Cambodia and she's like where is Cambodia I don't, even <laughs> I don't even know what Cambodia is that's South America and I'm like mom it's in Asia so um and I had only been working with the company for about two months uh because I had moved to Denver in about May, maybe May. And then, well, by July, we decided that we were going to move the whole company to Cambodia. And so I sold all my stuff <laughs> and packed two bags and moved to Cambodia and was there for two years. And it was an incredible life-changing experience. Wow. I just, I can't get enough of that story. And so to dig into that a little bit, Tell us, because, you know, you can only connect the dots looking backwards, right? Looking That's back. what Steve Jobs says. Yeah. So mm -hmm. now that you are where you are, how do you think that experience prepared you to eventually launch and go out on your own as a makeup artist? Yeah. So I really like that was such a pivotal moment for me as a young woman. And it really was my first taste of being an entrepreneur uh, because I worked side by side with the founder of that company. Um, she, it, it was a black owned company. She, uh, you know, uh, was, was from the States and, you know, had gotten an opportunity in Cambodia. So we brought on one other woman who was from LA. So there were three Americans in this company and we just had to figure it out. There was 
oh my God, there was no guidebook for it. There was no, you know, here's how you run a hair extension company in Cambodia. Like we literally, if we didn't know it, we had to Google it. We had to, you know, I learned how to use Photoshop. I learned how to send email campaigns, how to market on, uh, well, Facebook was popping at the time. So Facebook, um, how to connect with women in a really genuine way and also sell a luxury product. I mean, I learned so much in that experience. And, you know, what you should know about Cambodia is it's a beautiful country. It's a third world country. They recently had a genocide. So it was rough. It was rough seeing people live in, I mean, abject poverty, but still be happy and just genuinely be happy to be alive and thankful for the opportunity to, you know, work. Um, so it humbled me in so many ways. Um, just it, like how I show up as a woman, as a business owner, um, I have to credit my time living in Cambodia and learning how to run a company. I mean, in terms of the challenges that we had, my staff didn't speak English. (laughs) So that was number one, like there was a language barrier. And so it taught me, um, how to be creative, how to think outside the box. Um, I helped to build the uh, client service department from the ground up. I mean, when we went there, there was like, we had not a lot. Um, we had a couple of folks on staff and it was my job to kind of build out the team and also build out like how we would operate. So I had to learn how to communicate with my team and give them directives, but not use language. Um, so there was a lot of color coordinating. There was a lot of, you know, if then, if this, then that. So if this thing is here, that means that you need to do that. It was just so cool and such an, a wonderful, hard challenge. (laughs) I'm trying to think about the word. It was just everything. And it really set me up for um, success as a makeup artist. Amazing. Now you were there for two years. Did you come back from Cambodia still working for that company or did you have another role before fully transitioning to entrepreneur? I did. I came back uh, to the U.S. still working with the company, um, but we shifted my role from client service to marketing and sales. So that you can do pretty much anywhere, especially when you have um, an online company, uh, an e-commerce company. So um, I shifted my focus to growing us on Facebook. Facebook was still the king at that time when it came to business. So Facebook, um, email marketing, all that good stuff. So my role just shifted and I, I moved to Denver. I moved back to Denver when I came back to the States. All right. So tell us, when did you feel the entrepreneurship call? Like, what was that transition like? I I felt the call in Cambodia, actually. So while I was still Cambodia, I was like, this is it. I'm going to be an entrepreneur, still not knowing what my thing was. Like, it still didn't click to me that I could get back into the beauty industry. And certainly that makeup was going to be the thing. But um, yeah, the bug bit me (laughs) in Cambodia, working side by side with the uh, founder of the company that I was working for. Um, And I transitioned back to uh, Denver, was working. And then the rug was completely pulled from under me. So literally a couple weeks after being back in Denver, I get a call from the CEO of the company. She's like, we need to talk. And you know, when somebody says you need to talk, it's not good news. uh So it's, uh uh-oh, right. So get on the phone with her and she's like, well, something bad has happened. And long story short, one of the partners in the company had basically embezzled all of the money (laughs) from the company account and our hair supply. So she's like, I have enough money in our account to cover staff for this month. And that's it. And I'm like, what the heck am I going to do? Because I literally just kind of wiped out my savings transitioning back to the States. I had to get an apartment and that's like, uh, you know, deposit and first month's rent. I had to furnish the apartment. I had no clothes because I had spent two years wearing the same t-shirt and jeans, like just transitioning back to life in the States. I had spent pretty much what I had saved up for the past, you know, those two years that I was working um, there. So I was like, what the heck am I going to do? So I ended up getting a job um, at a nonprofit in Denver. It was super granola. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like super granola. Like they straight up would show up with like Jesus sandals. And I'm like, this is not a fit. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a culture fit. (laughs) But 
I did it for a couple months because I needed, I needed the money. I needed the cash. And I, I was broke, man. I uh, had gotten this really expensive apartment kind of in the center of Denver. And if any of our, if any of your listeners are familiar with Denver, it was on 16th street. So Nikayla, you're familiar with uh, DC. It's like living on U Street. Like, okay. just oh, crazy. Wow, yeah. So, um, and I was like, I'm going to get this amazing apartment. So, anyway, all the money that I was um, getting from this nonprofit, it barely covered rent. So, I was like eating lots of spaghetti <laughs> for months. And then finally, I'm just like, I, I, I can't do this anymore. So, I decided to move back home with my parents. And I hadn't been back home with my parents since I was 17. You know, I went to college when I was 17. And for me, that was um, more than anything was kind of embarrassing because, you know, here I am, a college graduate, you know, had done everything that quote unquote everyone, you know, tells you to do. And um, I'm broke. I had no car. I only had this, you know, the, the, the clothes on my back and a couple extra outfits and um, living on a twin bed in my parents' apartment. And uh, it did not feel good. <laughs> I had a really, really low moment and kind of like, how did I, how did this happen? You know, I, I was taking leaps of faith and moved to Cambodia and moved to Denver and everything always worked out. How, how did I get here? So I spent a couple couple weeks, if not a couple months, really just kind of languishing and being upset and down on myself um, and depressed. And it was at a time when it was hard to find a job, like no one was really hiring. So my boyfriend at the time lived in DC and he's like, well, listen, I'm like tired of hearing you complain every day. (laughs) Why don't you come to DC and like, let's see where this relationship goes. And so um, I, I moved to DC, moved in with him because clearly I have no money. Uh, <laughs> and a couple weeks later, we were out at a happy hour, and um, I'm, a, I'm in a sorority. I'm a Delta, and one of my sorority sisters uh, was like, "Oh my gosh, I always see you on Instagram, and I love the way you do your makeup. Can you do my makeup for an event?" And I'm like, "Girl, I've never done anyone's makeup before. Like, the answer is no." <laughs> what? You said no. Because I mean, I literally had never done anyone's makeup before. I had only done it on myself. And I was a graduate of YouTube University or whatever, but you know, I was no professional. But eventually she wore me down and um, I did her makeup for this event. And that was it. I I just knew that I was going to be a makeup artist. And so that's how I made the transition from director of marketing and sales and hair extensions to makeup artists, just being asked and saying yes. Wow. So, okay, now you know, now it clicks in your head. And what were some of the first steps you took to start to formalize the business? Or were you still like, okay, I'll do this as a side hustle and, you know, get another job? Walk us through the thought process. Oh my gosh. So, Michaela, it's so crazy how life just kind of unfolded, right? So, um, okay, so I did her makeup for that event. A couple weeks later, Rennie Vasquez, who's one of my favorite makeup artist ever, um, announced that he was having a class in DC with, um, Beat Face Honey. And I was like, okay, so I've graduated from YouTube university, but if I'm going to be a makeup artist, I need to go to this class and see how actual makeup artists do makeup. So I scraped my little pennies together and went to that class. So I feel like that was my first step because it happened so quickly. Like I did the makeup and then the class came. Um, so my first step was going to a class. And that's how I kind of learned for the first time how an actual real makeup artist does makeup. After that, I um, literally would just ask my friends to come over and ask them to do their makeup. So, and I would do that over and over again and would post it on Facebook. And then Instagram had just started popping at that time. So I posted on Insta and people would see it and be like, oh my God, that's so good. And uh, so that's how I kind of just gain popularity is just begging my friends to come. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do your makeup, girl. And um, yeah, so that's how it grew. So I would have to say that. So um, getting the bug, then going to a class and then just practicing, practicing, practicing and posting. Awesome. I want to talk to you about growing the business because there, I know sure. there are going to be so many aspiring makeup artists who are listening. But then before we do that, I want to know a little bit more about, you know, so per your bio, you love transforming brown girls. How did you zero in and determine who your target audience was and where to find them? So I've always known that I wanted to work with women who look like me. 
So there's never been a question for me, like who that girl is per se, because I always knew, like I've always been passionate about makeup for black women. So, um, everything that I've always done has been geared towards making women who look like me feel beautiful and feel as beautiful as I did when I wore makeup. Makeup makeup has been an escape for me since I was young. Um, so where did you know where to find them? So you mentioned that Instagram was just getting started. Obviously, you know, with your friends, there was some word of mouth there, but what else did you do or start thinking about to target? You know, I have to say my, my business has been born and bred through, uh, through social media. So if it wasn't Instagram, it was Facebook and word of mouth has definitely, definitely been super helpful. More recently, I've been making a point to not only have events where I invite brides and, you know, prospective clients to come and hang out with me and see how I do what I do. Um, but also going to events, it's just crazy who you meet when you're out and about. And even if they don't need makeup at that moment, people remember you if you make an impression. So, um, I make it a point to try to get out to events, um, as much as possible and just connect with people, not even try to sell them on anything, but just connect. Um, and that's been working because people remember me and they'll, you know, look me up on social media and we'll connect that way. And whenever they need makeup, they'll, they'll remember me. So that's how it's grown. And that's so true about getting out there. I think nowadays, especially, you know, when we do so much online, sometimes you have to like really remind yourself like, hey, I need to get out there and mingle with real yeah. life people. Seriously. <laughs> you know, and I think like, that's a major misstep that a lot of makeup artists yeah. make is they think that they can rely exclusively on social media as they're building their business. And it's like when you have 100 followers, your, <laughs> your reach is not vast enough to only think you can throw up some pictures and inquiries to come flying through. Like you need to be visible. And, um, that means getting out, uh, going to events, going to where you think your client might be, uh, or where groups of your clients might be, um, you know, telling everybody that, you know, that you're a makeup artist. Like, it's so funny. I call my, my husband, my hype man, because he does not <laughs> let somebody meet me or he doesn't go anywhere without saying, you know, my wife does makeup. And, but that's what it needs to be. Like, Everyone needs to know that you're a makeup artist. You need to be your own hype man because nobody's going to hype you up like you can hype you up. So um, connecting, connecting, connecting as much as possible. I love that. And it's, it's so true. I was talking to another friend who, before she went full time as a personal trainer and fitness professional, people thought that was her full time. Like she was still working in yeah. advertising and people knew her because that's what she introduced herself as and told people about. So it's just so funny that when she did leave her job, people were like, what job? Right. <laughs> <laughs> what job? And, you know, I, I had actually gotten, so the company that I was, the hair extensions brand that I was working for, we ended up getting it back together. Um, we got some funding uh, through an investor. And so I did end up getting my job back maybe six months later. So there was like a six month period where I was just out here in these streets, like struggling. Um, but I didn't end up getting that job back. And even still, like I was still grinding with the makeup thing. And, you know, just like you said, like the world knew me as an up and coming makeup artist, you know, and, and that's how it needs to be. It's like future pacing, you know, like be speaking, <laughs> willing yourself into the thing. That's all good. Yeah. Right. And what I always try to emphasize on this show is that you know, there's nothing wrong with side hustling until you make it. And and yeah. not only is there nothing wrong with it, but it's just fiscally responsible to make sure when you do leave, you're not worrying about how am I going to pay my rent? Because you have yeah. so much to worry about in your business. You shouldn't have to worry about where you rest your head at night. Oh my God, Akela, that is the smart thing to do. I It really breaks my heart because, and one thing about makeup artists, and, and I, I feel like people in the beauty industry just in general, we love being inspired. <laughs> we <laughs> love being inspired. And so we get these moments of inspiration and make snap decisions like leaving the job one day all of a sudden, like I did. <laughs> what happens is when you ha when you do that prematurely and you know you're relying, you're expecting to rely solely on your income as a freelance makeup artist you're really setting yourself up for an unnecessary struggle. And there's nothing worse than struggling in the thing that you're supposed to love. It kind of taints it. Like you begin to resent the thing that should bring you joy. So I always recommend like 
don't leave your job too soon. Like, yeah. you know, make that transition, come up with a plan. But yeah, girl, it, it's, it's so funny how people just kind of, you know, think that it has to be either or, but it, it can totally be both. Mm-hmm. And how long did you side hustle the second time around? Like while you were working for the extensions brand again? Oh, I think, let's see. So I started doing makeup about three years. Yeah, two years, two years. Cause I, I will be a full-time entrepreneur for a year uh, in April. So yep, two years. Congrats, congrats. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the number one thing too, I think people want to know is how did you clearly distinguish yourself in this oversaturated market? Because I mean, I feel like when I land on your page and when I was making note of artists to reach out to, there's just an aura that you give off even through your Instagram page. Like, did you plan that? Is it the hair? Like, (laughs) tell us about your magic. (laughs) The hair is definitely part of it. The hair is part of it. But no, you know, I, I, I think it's the artistry first, right? Like if you're going to be successful and you're going to have, you know, the career that you want as a, as a makeup artist, you have to be a strong artist first. And so, um, you know, I decided early on that I, you know, I wanted to be the best makeup artist in DC. (laughs) So I, every penny that I earned, uh, from my little gigs that I was getting, I reinvested it into classes and training and DVDs and everybody's books. And I became obsessive about the artistry. So I think when you land on my page and you see, you know, the difference, part of it is just the, um, like the quality of work. And I don't say that to be, you know, to brag, but, um, I do think that there's a difference in, you know, the, the, the level of work that's there, but also, I just try to be authentic and I use my, my Instagram, um, to really, really connect. And so I I share stories, I share tips. I always try to put my best foot forward and yes, I love to kiki, but you're never going to see me like twerking on my page or, you know, acting a fool, but you know, it's, 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 it's about finding that, that balance and finding your voice and sharing it authentically on your page. And I think that really resonates with people because people want to see your work and want to see, you know, what you do, but they also want to connect with you on a personal level. And I feel like people, when they come to my page, they really get a sense of who I am. Like they know that I love Beyonce. They know that I have big curly hair. Um, I love a good lash. Like there's things that you'll learn about me from my page. And I hold myself to a very high standard with everything that I do. So I'm so glad that you see that and that it, it reflects. Right. I think it's important, especially for, you know, what you do. Like if there's anything, Instagram's all about visuals. And if there's mm-hmm. anything that the visuals need to be on point for, it's, you know, makeup and artistry and oh my beauty. Gosh. Um, it's number one. Yeah. Yeah. So now let's get into what this theme of this month is really about, which is really the how to make a living part. Like it's one thing to have a passion and something you love. But like we were saying, like, you know, it's it's hard. It takes time to start up at first. So, you know, how and when did you really start to reap the profit from your business? (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, more backstory. (laughs) So last year in December. So December of 20, December, 2015, going into 2016, I went to another makeup class by Rennie Vasquez, Rennie Vasquez, but this time he was with Sam Fine and Sam Fine is my number one favorite, favorite, favorite makeup artist. So of course I was in there, like literally the first person there, staff was setting up like, why are you here? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I went to that makeup class and right around that time, I was, I just felt uneasy about like what was happening with my career because I was booked. Like I was getting booked. I had done fashion week, like just amazing opportunities. But when I looked at my bank account, I'm like, it's not adding up. So what am I missing here? Like, how are people doing makeup full time? And so um, I spent a couple months just reaching out to other artists and posting on Facebook. Like, if I had a mentor that could just tell me <laughs> what to do, I would do it. Like, anytime I would have a conversation um, about my business, I'd be like, it's going great, but I really could use a mentor. So I, I did that for a couple months. And um, so anyway, fast forward to this class. 
And of course I got my life. And at the end, this woman gets up and she introduces herself. She was a makeup artist, um, celebrity makeup artist, but also had a bridal business. And she started sharing her story and all the ups and downs. And like everything that she was saying was really, really resonating with me. And uh, at the end of her presentation, she shared that she was um, opening up or offering uh, a mentorship program and a coaching program for makeup artists. And I about died in my seat. I was like, oh my God, I, I really felt like I manifested this because I had been for months like praying for um, a mentor or someone who could give me a roadmap or tell me like what my, what the best next steps were um, in order to really make this pop because I wanted to be a full-time makeup artist. So crazy enough, she had like an application process for folks who were interested in, in joining her program. And um, there was a fee associated with this application and it was $97. And I was like, I'm not paying $97 for application. <laughs> this girl is crazy. I don't know her like that. Like she was cute or whatever, but like, it's not happening. So I left that class, even though like everything that she said resonated, my heart was beating fast. Like I felt like I manifested it, but my fear, my fear of losing my little money held me back from taking that opportunity. So fast forward a couple weeks, she uh, sent an email to everyone who had gone to the class and um, she was like, hey, I'm having this other makeup class. Sam's going to be there. We're going to be there for a weekend. He's going to demo his skin technique, whatever. Sam, this is Sam Fine. And um, so I'm like, I have to be there. So I ended up um, enrolling in her three day class, um, spent the weekend with Sam Fine, which was incredible and decided to enroll in her coaching program. And it was the biggest investment I had at that point that I had ever made in myself. And just for scope, the deposit for that program was $3,000. And it was everything <laughs> that I had in my bank account down to the penny. Like, and it was so funny because by the end of this three-day experience, when she was pitching the program, I mean, line by line, it was literally everything that I needed. And I was crying in the class and acting the fool and falling out. Because <laughs> literally, it was everything I had in my bank account. I'm like, oh my, I'm calling my husband. And I was like, should I do it, Jesus? Like, <laughs> why am I here? Um, and uh, so we decided that I would go ahead and do it. And I am so glad because it was at that moment to circle back to your question. It was at that moment when I enrolled in her program that I decided to commit to myself and to just go for it all in. And we've been working together for uh, a little over a year now, and it's been incredible. So when we talk about how I you know, took the first steps to really becoming profitable in my business as a makeup artist. I got a mentor and a coach who could show me a roadmap and, and help me to put together um, my bridal event and put together bridal packages that really made sense and, you know, honored what it was that I wanted to do and really, you know, provided value to the brides that I was working with. And then eventually I decided to educate and it was just a whole thing. But um, I feel like that was one of the biggest pieces that helped to um, forge the path to where I am today with my business. I love it. And you, you know, as you were speaking, I'm trying not to jump in with the yes, <laughs> because I, so two things. So one, I recently had an epiphany about this too, not so much directly related to Side Hustle Pro, but just life, right? So I've been trying to, you know, get snatched for the wedding and oh I have been, I don't know why, but I've been holding my little coins close mm. to my chest because I'm like, oh, I don't need a trainer. Like all the information's out there. I know yeah. what I'm supposed to eat. I know I'm supposed to do high intensity cardio and interval workouts and all this other stuff. But for some reason, you know, it just wasn't happening. And it just finally yeah. clicked to me that, girl, you invest in everything else, like even down to your nails, right? Like you want right. your nails to be fly. So you go to an artist that's skilled in in that, but you won't invest in a trainer that's skilled in, you know, transforming you and the thing that you want, the coaching. So I just had to get my life. And as I was talking to, you know, the trainer that I'm going to work with, he was talking about like, he has been doing this for 10 years. And when he's ready to actually do a fitness competition, like to do something out of the ordinary, he actually hires a trainer, you know? So it just really clicked. Like Michael Jordan has a coach. 
everyone needs a coach. So I'm glad you touched on that. But I also, it made me think of a question that I was going to ask a little bit later, but it's more so, it's about how do you know what to charge? So for aspiring makeup artists, how did you know when you were first starting out before you got this coach and after Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how to, you know, charge, when to increase your prices based on your skill level? And Yeah. yeah. Okay. So before I had a coach, um, and this is what most people do, they'll just kind of, you know, look to your left and your right and see what everyone else is charging. And most people will charge something in the middle. Uh, and that's exactly what I did. So I did a little bit of research. I Googled some folks, um, who had a similar clientele to what I wanted to work with. And I felt were comparable, you know, in terms of the quality of their work. And, um, I just kind of averaged it out and I was right in the center. However, after I, um, started working with my coach, I've transitioned from really kind of just charging or trading time for money, um, which is what that is. Like I'll do your makeup and you give me, you know, it's very transactional and it, it almost reduces us to like makeup technicians to the way that I, um, think about, uh, you know, when I'm putting together an investment, whether it be for a bride or whether it be for whatever the thing is, I'm really thinking about the value of the service and the value of the experience and what it means to the client that I'm working with. Like every client, when they come to you, they have a problem and they want a certain result. And so I really think about like what the impact of them actually getting that result, like, what does that mean? (laughs) And I know that that, that may seem very high level. Um, but when you think of a bride, for example, like a makeup artist is so important on her big day. I mean, it is, it's her face. And not only that, like we work with brides in the most intimate way on that day. And it's so important that you are, you know, brides are working with someone who is an expert who really understands the flow of a wedding day and how to create a makeup looks, look that, you know, resonates in person, but also on camera, but also in video, but also in daylight. And then also in the romantic lighting of a reception, like so many things, but also how to manage the room because there's a lot of energy that is happening on that wedding morning. The bride's nervous. Mom is going crazy. Bridesmaids are going out to get McDonald's. There's just a lot of moving (laughs) And so the makeup artist is, you know, one of the only pros that are in the room because here's the tea. Your planner is out like managing the logistics of your day. Your planner is not with you when you're getting ready. So, um, and I, I, I started to see that over and over again when I was doing weddings. And so now I'm showing up and I'm working with my brides, like from the moment that we sign. And I I try to set it up where we can work together multiple times leading up to the wedding day. So it's not just I'm meeting the bride on that day, but let me take care of you for your engagement photos. And then are you doing something else? And then like, come back and do it. Like, you know, it's a partnership and there's so much value in helping someone to actually get that, that vision on that wedding day, but also like good makeup is like insurance for all the other investments that you're making that day, like your gown, your photography. So there's value in what we do. And I've learned to communicate that value um, with my clients. So that means like actually getting on the phone with them and (laughs) understanding what they want and they need instead of just relying on email exchanging, like let's actually connect and let me help you get what you want. And for the people at home, Tiana has been like my second wedding planner because I'm like, she's so, she's so well-versed in weddings, especially DC weddings that I'm like, um, do you know a person who can do this? She's been referring yeah, me to people yeah. across the spectrum of vendors. So shout out to you for that. And getting back to the making a living piece yeah. now. As people are starting out, should they focus more on investing in, like you did, like the skills and the workshops and the classes or getting more clients to actually pay their bills, right? And just practicing, you know, like what what would you recommend? I would recommend, and this is so counterintuitive, but don't focus on the money. Focus on the skill set. Focus on being the best makeup artist that you can be. And in fact... I recommend doing free makeup, (laughs) like doing makeup. And that's exactly what I did. I would call my girlfriends over, call my, like whoever would sit down for 45 minutes to an hour and, you know, have them 
uh, or have them let me, you know, do their makeup. And first of all, it builds up your skill set, but it also gives you content that you can then post on social media that'll help you to get the paying clients that you want. So for me, first and foremost, like focus on the skill set and the money will come. I still do free makeup all the time. Um, and, and, you know, some of my makeup that I've done for free have been like the strongest images on my social media. And it's gotten me some of my best work. The money will come. And I feel like so many artists dive into it, not really knowing, um, what's what, and then they, they charge these rock bottom rates and it pulls the whole industry down. So I'm like, no, just become a really good makeup artist first. So that would be my, my tip. That's such a great tip. And I love the fact that you mentor other makeup artists now and give give that knowledge back to the industry. So tell us about what are the different revenue streams in your business now? And, and mm. when did you decide to branch into the coaching piece, the class piece? Cool. So my revenue streams are makeup, of course, bridal being uh, the top, the top of my um, revenue stream. Um, and then educating. So I have my coaching programs. Um, I've also been doing like one-off classes. So I do that and that brings in a couple coins. And now I'm venturing into partnering with brands and doing some sponsored, uh, content on my, uh, my social media platform. So slowly but surely <laughs> that's starting to happen. But, um, I would say, you know, it, it, let me reverse that order. I think the coaching and I know the coaching and the educating is number one, fo- followed by bridal, followed by special occasion clients. So folks who just kind of want to get their makeup done for, um, a wedding, you know, they're, they're going somewhere special birthday, whatever. Uh, and then brand partnerships is, is slowly but surely becoming a thing. Got it. And how do you plan out your months? Now, I know for us entrepreneurs, like the income can be so unpredictable. And even if you were technically earning it in one month, right, like you got a net 30. So you're really Mm -hmm. getting it in the next month. (laughs) So how do you go about planning out and making sure that you're really sustaining um, how much you, you need each month? Yeah. So I'm really lucky, uh, to have an amazing coach who's bomb.com. Her name is Sonia Rodriguez. And, um, as a part of the program that I'm enrolled in, um, we have quarterly masterminds, beauty masterminds. And so we get together, we spend an entire weekend, like holed up in a hotel room as a group. And we map out like what the next 90 days is going to look like. And that includes everything revenue. Um, am I going to be focusing on educate, educating this quarter, or am I going to switch back to buy? Like we really, um, get clarity about what the next 90 days is going to look like. So, um, during those masterminds, I really kind of frame out what my targets are and, you know, how I'm, what I'm going to do to, to, to reach them. I have my business set up in a way that even for my brides, I let y'all get on payment plans. So (laughs) (laughs) each and most brides will take advantage of the payment plan. So it's really nice in that, um, every month I, I don't start at zero. I have revenue that's coming in and with my coaching clients as well, like most of them um, will break up the investments over a couple months. So it's really nice to kind of have money that I know is coming in each month. And um, that's been the savior for me. So payment plans, letting people break it up into smaller chunks, like that has definitely been super, super helpful. And then I always kind of stay on top of, you know, where am I in regards to my revenue goal and what do I need to do to make sure that I stay on track? So um, if I'm falling behind, I may be like, all right, well, I'm going to have a class. You know, I know that I can have a class. I know that I can put up a bridal post and get more calls. Um, so there's things that I can do now that, um, produce profit, you know, our profit producing activities that I know that, um, if I'm ever off track, I can pull those tricks out of my bag <laughs> and get back on track. That's, that's great to know. And I'm going to even get a little technical here because yeah. this is something that I was talking to another entrepreneur about. And I was like, you need to get on payment plans. I know it's possible, you know, because my makeup artist sure has me on a payment plan. So what platform do you use for the auto deduction, though? Because he was talking about how, you know, it's unpredictable. He tries to be helpful for clients. But I'm like, no, you need the auto deduct. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So I actually use authorize.net. 
um, which is a merchant account. So there's an application process. Um, but another option is actually Sam card. And I know that you, uh, have spoken about using Sam card for, uh, yeah. So that is an option. Um, if you want to do, you know, payment plans or, you know, a month to month, but I just use authorized.net. Um, and it allows you to do uh, automatic recurring billing, which has been a lifesaver for me because I enter it once and then set it up for whatever, um, you know, plan that works for the client and that we agree on and it's good to go. Um, you do have to monitor it though, because, you know, sometimes the payment doesn't go through quite frankly. <laughs> so if that does happen, you know, you have to contact the client and all that right. good stuff. But for the most part, it's been, um, a pretty seamless experience. Good to know. And yeah, it's seamless for the client as well, because you don't have to think about it and think, oh, did I remember to pay, you know, this person, blah, blah, blah. You have so much going on in your mind, you know. Yeah. Um, so transitioning now to, first of all, shout out to Sonia, because clearly it's working. You were just named 2017 Best Makeup Artist in D.C. Woo-hoo! Congrats. <laughs> It was such a full circle moment because literally when I first started doing makeup, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to be the best makeup artist in DC. And for that to happen, you know, three years later, wow, like that is good. So, um, so excited. I just literally received that news a couple of days ago. So yeah. Awesome. And how are you continuing to build and grow your audience now and your brand? What are your plans to do so? more. So I am uh, a huge fan of Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, I listen to all his, I don't know if you're familiar with Gary V. V, So I'm a huge proponent of his stuff. And he talks about like going where the attention is. And um, right now the attention is still on Instagram. So I'm just going to keep grinding it out on Instagram. Um, There's definitely a strategy to the way that I use my Instagram. So I absolutely use it with a purpose and intention. So, um, and I just talked about this at my, uh, my, my makeup boot camp that I had recently, um, where think about your, um, Instagram efforts in terms of campaigns. And so when I'm thinking about who I want to, you know, who I want to be talking to right now, I make my content at that period specific to, um, that audience. So let me make this more real. Um, if I know that I want to be talking to brides right now, or for the next like six weeks, like, let's say I'm going to have a six week campaign because I want to talk to more brides for that six weeks. Everything on my page is going to be bridal, everything. Like I'm going to be posting bridal inspiration, bridal looks, bridal tips, uh, makeup, you know, wedding dresses that I found that I think my brides would be inspired by. And I'm always having calls to action. Like click the link in my bio. I'm looking for my 2017 brides. I would love to talk to you. And I do that for six weeks and it's very focused and targeted on the action that I want my client to take at that time. More, most recently I've been wanting to talk to artists about the next cycle of my program. So everything on my page has been, targeted towards the type of artist that I want to speak to. Um, so it's been inspirational posts. It's been entrepreneurial posts. It's been makeup tips about what's in my kit, like stuff that they would find interesting and valuable and inspiring. And it's been working because I've been getting lots and lots of makeup artists in my DMs and in my emails, like, how can I learn more about that program? So I campaign on my Instagram, but I do it in a very authentic way. Like it feels, um, very natural. It's not salesy at all. It's, um, you know, sharing stories and inspiring. So I'm going to continue doing that. It's been working. Um, and, uh, yeah. And for me, it's not about the number per se, because we've all seen those profiles that have like a million bajillion followers and ain't nothing popping. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the quality. So, um, I'm lucky in that I, yeah, I, I have a, a nice size following. Um, you know, people are kind of just interested in, you know, what I have to say in my work, of course, but I'm more proud of the fact that like folks are engaged and they comment back and, you know, we kiki about makeup and and the comment, like I make it a point to interact. Um, and, uh, I'm just going to keep, keep that popping. Yes. And you're also really branching out with your media appearances and your partnerships. Talk to us about that. How are you making those things happen? Like the appearances on TV, the Black Opal um, guest uh, tutorials, things like that. 
Yeah. You know, what I'm really looking to do is position myself um, as an industry leader. And uh, eventually down the line, I want to partner with brands uh, and be like a creative director and work on their um, marketing campaigns and like do that thing. So uh, I'm I'm looking for opportunities that will really um, position me for that. Um, So everything that I do is really targeted and focused. But anyway, so how I'm getting some of this cool stuff. I linked up with Black Opal on social media. So back when Facebook was popping, they would do monthly um, competitions on their Facebook page called Beat That Face. And they would post a theme um, like flower power or, you know, red lips or whatever the thing was. And um, you would have to post a makeup look that was, you know, in alignment with the theme. And so I did that for months, like month after month after month. I was like, they're going to see me on this Facebook page on today. So I did that for months. And then by the end of the year, they had kind of like a grand prize finale or a grand prize round um, where I forget what they were giving away. It was like a, a ton of makeup or just something crazy, a trip to New York, something. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. So um, did that round. Didn't even win. I got second place. But um the, the marketing team just kind of loved me and, uh, they offered me, I forget what it like some opportunity to come up to New York and do something. I don't even remember what it was and, um, made a great impression with them. And ever since then, I've been working with them on, uh, video, video tutorials and they've flown me to Curacao to teach. And it's so funny that I got a free, uh, honeymoon out of that, which was crazy. Uh, Let's talk offline. (laughs) Like the, the appearance in Curacao literally just happened to be the week after my, my wedding, like got married on Sunday and we had to leave for that on Monday. So I just slipped it into our honeymoon, but it was incredible. Um, and, uh, they brought me to fashion week. And so I've been partnering with them for a couple of years now. So that's how that happened. So y'all be on these brands pages, like interact with them. You, you would be surprised at, um, how easy it is to connect with brands nowadays. So that's how that relationship happened. The Good Morning Washington uh, segment happened because the producer, his name is Kyle, um, he reached out to me and he found me on Instagram. And I was like, oh, okay. So people are watching and, you know, uh, decision makers are using Instagram and social media to find people. Like people are always looking for talent. So I think the biggest takeaway is be present, like do it. If you're going to do it, do it really well and, and be strategic in what you're posting. Um, so people are finding me. I don't know. <laughs> I love that you mentioned that. And it really, you know, goes right into my final question before we get into the lightning round, which is what are your top tips for aspiring? And this, I'll stop saying makeup artists because I really think this can apply to any industry. And if yeah. you want to make a living doing what you love, like, How can you break in and grow your business when you have less money and you aren't on the radar yet? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of what, what I did. And honestly, it's just showing up, being super consistent. I can't tell you how many makeup artists I talk to um, about my program. They're like, I'm stuck. I don't know how to use Instagram. And I look at their page and they post like twice last month. And I'm like, girl, like, first of all, you need to post more consistently. Like people need to see what you're doing. There's no such thing as like doing too much when it comes to Instagram, because nowadays not everyone is, are, not everyone is seeing your stuff. So, um, I would rather you do a little bit too much than not enough. So ju- for me, I think it was just showing up, like, just like that partnership with black Opal, I just showed up. Like even I just auditioned for a job with Fenty Beauty totally not qualified, but baby, I was like, I'm going to show up. Y'all going to know me. Okay. You never know what might circle back to you and, and who's watching. So, so often we are, you know, scared of what people might think of us or scared that we're not good enough, especially with makeup artists. I hear it all the time. My makeup is not good enough. It doesn't look like X, Y, and Z, but you're not really seeing all the hours of practice and all the makeup that was janky. Like there's so much stuff that I never posted. Cause I'm like, this is actually horrible. <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, the difference between uh, those people that are doing living your dream life and you is that they're just making a decision to do it scared and show up. So that's my number one tip. Uh, such a great note to end on. And can I just add 
I love that you shared the whole, you know, Fenty Beauty interview process with us on your Instagram page. And and what do you mean not qualified? I remember thinking. Not (laughs) qualified. Like at all. It was so funny. I was looking at the, um, what they were looking for. They were like, we want 20 years. Had to have done this, this and that. And I was like, I have none of that. But listen, I'm about to make this, uh, this resume on Canva. And y'all gonna get this sickening headshot. <laughs> I, remember, I have a whole story about that. It was so funny that oh day. Oh my but. gosh. I remember thinking like that's it. Like Tiana's gonna call me and say, um <laughs> about your wedding. Your wedding. <laughs> I'm worry. going on it's tour with Rihanna, so can't do it. So all right. No, let's... Never, Nikayla. Never. Thank you. Alrighty. So let's jump into the lightning round. You know the deal. Just answer the first thing that comes to mind. You ready? Uh, I'm a little nervous, but sure. (laughs) All right. Number one, what's a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? Oh my goodness. So I am, oh, okay. So resource, resources. So I'm going to, I'm going to share with you guys a tool. Um, and I hope that's what you mean by resource, but it has been absolutely incredible for me. So it's called smart Q S M A R T and the letter Q. And what it is, it's actually a project management tool, but I use it for an off-label <laughs> purpose. So um, I actually, so what you do is you set up tickets in SmartQ and um, I don't know, girl, it, it's hard to describe, but so I, um, that's how I manage like how much money I have coming in for each month and how much money is owed. So at a glance, I'll log into SmartQ and see like exactly where I am in my month in terms of the revenue. I also use it for, um, like when I was booking models for my boot camp, um, we used it to track where in the booking process each model was. So, um, I had a cue for, you know, sent them an email or they sent their contract back or they couldn't do it. So at every moment, um, my team and I knew where every single model was in the booking process. I also do that for my bride. So I have different cues set up for every stage of my sales process. And at a glance, I can see who needs what, how many people have said yes, how many people have said no. Like, it's just so, so helpful. And I, got, I started using that tool when I was working for the hair extensions brand and it's followed me all the way through. So smart cue is so cool. Um, and I definitely recommend that your listeners check it out oh yeah okay i first of all i need to check it out and i'm gonna link to it in the show notes guys (laughs) all right so number two what's been the best business book or podcast episode that you've consumed this year Mm -hmm. uh so i I, and i'm not just saying that because i'm on this podcast but i'm obsessed with side hustle pro Uh, no really it's it's been so helpful so great um book so i have to say one of the books that kind of changed my life um is outwitting the devil and it's not really a business book but it, it put things in perspective for me and it kind of like i felt like napoleon hill was reading me for filth as i was reading this book i was like oh you are talking about me right now just in terms of um he talks about how you kind of just float through life and you know allow things to happen to you and after reading that book i was like no i'm going to like be an active participant in my life and 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 shake myself out of autopilot so that has been incredible i again i love gary vaynerchuk so um the thank you economy has been incredible um, what else? What? Oh, ego is the enemy. Really, really, really good. Really good one. So those, those are the books that I would have to say. And I, I can never just say one thing. So, um, <laughs> I see. <laughs> I'm going to link to all of those. That's awesome. Yeah. Some people get stuck on that. So I'm really glad you had three. So number three, who inspires you and why? Hmm. Who inspires me? Um, of course, I can't just say one thing. <laughs> I have two answers. I have two answers. Uh, I have to say my, my parents inspire me. Um, I'm still like, I'm still my parents' babies. Like I'm a mama's girl. I'm a daddy's girl. And everything that I do is like, I, I want them to see that their sacrifices and their hard work was for something. And so I, I just strive to make them proud. And, um, and they inspire me, like just seeing where they came from, like, my mom is from the hood. 
And to see her now, my, my parents now, and they're just like traveling the world and having fun and like living, living their life. It just, oh, I just love them. So that's my first answer. They keep me inspired and motivated. Um, and I, this one's kind of an interesting answer, but I have to say like my, my future children inspire me. Um, you know, when I think of why I'm working so hard and why I grind so hard, it's because like, as much as I love my, my parents, um, they didn't have anything tangible, uh, to, to pass down to me. Like they, they passed down hustle and hard work. Um, and you know, I want to be able to pass down wealth to, um, you know, my kids and my grandkids. So, I'm, I'm grinding for them. And they, they keep the thought of, uh, you know, my, my family and what that's going to look like in the future, man, it makes me grind through the hardest moments because even though, you know, on the outside, it looks like everything's great and all this amazing stuff happens. It's hard work. <laughs> and I work much more now, um, as an entrepreneur than I ever did, uh, when I was working for a company and, and, and the thought of what I want to create and pass down, it keeps me going. Amen. Oh, you just made me like, I, I can relate to that so much in terms yeah. of the parents. I'm totally ruining lightning round. Like I always do, but <laughs> what chime in with comments. <laughs> It's all good. Yeah. I'm not clearly. I'm not very good at lightning right, round. Right. Clearly, I need to rename it in 2017. <laughs> but anyway, number four. Speaking of hard work, what's a personal habit that has significantly helped you in your business? Mm-hmm. So I got this from my coach. Um, meditating and journaling has been invaluable, um, and I started doing it uh, probably about nine months ago, and man, that stuff is powerful. Like when you write down your intentions and like what you want to focus on and woo, it just, it kind of like puts a battery on it and, and it, it's, it's just so powerful. So, um, meditating, focusing, um, aligning myself with, um, you know, my intentions killer. It's been killer for me. So that's probably the thing. Oh, love it. And now what's your parting advice for entrepreneurs who, well, aspiring entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss, but are afraid of losing that steady paycheck. Real talk, like, don't quit your day job, girl. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't mean that to discourage you. I mean that to encourage you because so many entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs look at their job as um, like something that holds them back. Whereas I invite you to reframe your thinking around it and Think of your full-time job as the thing that can fund your, um, the acceleration of your growth. So, you know, the fact that I was able to, you know, be trained by some of the best of the best in the industry is because I had the, I could do that. Like financially, I could afford to do that because I had a job. And <laughs> so, you know, your job doesn't have to hold you back. Like set some money aside if you can, um, you know, be intentional with it. And it could be the thing that, springboard you into your growth hello what better note to end with y'all that is that is a key ding 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 all (laughs) righty so what's the best way that we can connect with you after this episode how can people join things like your boot camp or work with you as a mentee Yes. So my beauty party is definitely on Insta. Um, I'm Tiana Robinson Beauty. That's T-I-Y-A-N-A Robinson Beauty on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time. Uh, If you want to learn more about my uh, mentorship program, email me. (laughs) That's the best way. So Tiana at TianaRobinson.com and uh, I'll get you taken care of. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us in the guest chair today. This has been so fun. And I have to say, this is my first podcast ever. Oh, and we're honored. Podcast. Yeah, no, I'm honored. This has been amazing. All right, guys, there you have it. Hey, guys. 
Thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you want to hear more from me, head on over to sidehustlepro.co forward slash side hustle corner to get my weekly side hustle diaries chronicles about my own journey from passion project to profitable business. And if you want to find me online, I'm at Side Hustle Pro on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't forget to join the Side Hustle Pro Facebook community. Go to sidehustlepro.co forward slash mastermind. And as always, if you love the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week.